Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode of the Three Things Podcast. I'm super pumped to be joined by a guy I met probably 18 months ago, one of the founders of Strength Faction, Mike Connolly. Uh, when Mike is not running Strength Faction, uh, he is the fitness director at First Formula Fitness Clubs in the Chicago area. Him and I talk a lot about his past experience in a corporate fitness setting, as well as his new experience in a corporate fit fitness setting. And he really goes deep in, in offering a lot of insights to those who might be working in a commercial gym or doing any independent work in a commercial gym. And I think this episode is really going to resonate well with you. So sit back, crack a beer, drink a coffee. Maybe you're driving and you're, you're probably not able to drink either of those. But either way, enjoy the episode and I'll see you next week. All right. Uh, well, uh, my name is Mike Conley. I uh, do a couple of things right now. I am co-owner of the um, Strength Faction with Todd Bumgarner and Chris Merritt, which is fantastic. It's an unbelievable opportunity that I've had to work with them on that project. And, and um, as much as we've helped people learn, it's been that much of a learning experience for me. Um, and it's just great to w watch it evolve continually and, and can't wait to see where it's going. Um, and then I, in my, my day job is, uh, I am the fitness director at fitness formula clubs, which is a, uh, a chain gym. It's a commercial gym in Chicago. It's exclusive to Chicago. We have, uh, 10 open locations. We have one location opening up here, uh, by the end of the year. And, um, yeah, it's a great company. Um, it, it was a shift for me, you know, I, nine months ago, I, I owned my own business in uh, the Lakeview neighborhood of Chicago. I was going on six years. Um, and I just kind of ran into a wall. I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, I, I lost my, my business partner moved out to San Diego I was kind of doing things by myself and, and the last thing I was doing was what I really liked and that was coaching. Um, and <clears throat> you know, it's just, it wasn't, it wasn't for me at the time. And, uh, so I made a shift. I, I did a little pivot and, and reached out to some people in my network and, and was fortunate enough to land where I am right now. And, uh, as a fitness director, I'm, I'm in charge of, uh, roughly 35 personnel that, uh, our, that personnel is mostly personal trainers, um, but I also oversee the Pilates department, and uh, we have a rock climbing wall as well. And then we also have a pool, and we have a swim program that I oversee. Um, so it's it's been great. I'm really enjoying it, and it's really kind of opened my eyes to, you know, I think when I when I last time I was in a commercial gym setting was uh, 2005, maybe. I think I left uh, my first job was at Bally total fitness. Um, and I was there for three years and I just, I had a really bad experience on the way out and, and didn't like the way they were running business. So, you know, being young and not knowing what I didn't know, I was going to go out and change the world and, and show people how it's really done. Um, <laughs> right. You know, I think we all hit that point in our We've career. We've all, all been there. 
Yeah. Yep. So, but it was good. You know, it was, it, I think, I think that's a good phase to go through because it, it makes you aggressive and it pushes you to do things hopefully. Um, and hopefully you come out of that experience kind of realizing like, Oh wait, I don't really know everything. Um, I have a long way to go and I have a lot to get better at. And uh, I think that's what happened with me. Um, so when I, you know, not to get off track, but when I, when I left, I had a really bad taste in my mouth with the commercial gym experience uh, as far as how they treated customers, how they treated their employees. Um, and when I, you know, I left that, that venue kind of thinking like, well, that's the last thing I want to do is ever treat my customers like that. Or if, if people work for me, the last thing I want to do is ever treat them like that. And that stuck with me because that's really kind of what drives me today is I think back often, I think back to, you know, not only the, all the positive things I've learned in the last 15 years, but also a lot of the negative things that I experienced. And, and that's helped me kind of create, what I think is a pretty decent experience for my employees. It seems to be working well and uh, we're having a lot of fun. That's awesome. I I've obviously have had the pleasure of getting to know you through strength faction um, and conversations we've had. And, and I've, I'm in a commercial setting as well. And, and you really helped me navigate that, that feeling. I think that a lot of people who are probably listening to this and might be in a commercial setting can, can get, and, you know, like where you might be frustrated with, what you're seeing, how things are running, you know, just, just kind of, I don't know, maybe you feel like you're in the, the hamster wheel, so to speak. Um, and you definitely bring a lot of good insight. And I'm super pumped that you're actually back in a commercial setting because I, I had the pleasure of listening to you on Mike Robertson's podcast, which was probably last year. Yeah. And how ironic was that? That was like, I did that. And the name of the, the name of the podcast was creating the anti-corporate gym. Yeah, but you spoke highly of of your first experience with like specifically I think with the guy who was the the like your boss, like the fitness director you worked for and like yeah. the team approach and you spoke very highly of that. Um and I guess that's my first my first thing or first question is how have you taken that previous experience in the commercial gym to where you're at now with FFC? You know, and like you said, like you knew you, what you didn't want to do, but what were some things that you wanted to do going back into the corporate fitness setting? Um, you know, I think I remember exactly the first thing that I wanted to do, and that was to convey the message of what I was all about, right? So my first mission when I got in there was I, I set everyone down individually um, which took quite a bit of time with 35 people. And I looked at, you know, I just sat him down and say, listen, I, I don't know what the, I'm going to learn what the culture in, in this specific gym is. And, uh, and, and I'm going to do what I can to create a safe and, and productive and creative work environment for you. I'm not a numbers guy. You're not going to hear me harp on you about, you know, closeouts and all that other corporate bullshit. Um, I'm going to focus on what you want to accomplish and I'm going to do what I can to help you accomplish those goals. And if we could, if we could do that and then as a team, then everything just comes easy. Right. So, yep. you know, I think what happens with a lot of young coaches in that environment is that it's in, I mean, it's intimidating to have quotas and it's intimidating because for a lot of reasons, one is because 
it's, it's hard to be on every month, month after month, month after month, hitting sales goals or hitting recognized revenue goals, whatever it is. It's a lot of pressure. Um, it's tiring. It's, it's, uh, at times it can be confusing because the leadership isn't there. And, and, you know, the company that I'm with now, FFC, they, they do a great job of onboarding their trainers. Uh, they give them a lot of tools to be successful. But after that, um, the feedback I was getting was that they weren't seeing a lot of education. They were kind of just on their own um, to a point, to an extent. And, and so my goal was to bridge that gap. And, uh, you know, one of the first things I instituted was um, – they used to have uh, the, the manager prior to me had uh, masterminds where they would talk about business. And, you know, if you're, if you're not on track to hit your goal, these were mandatory meetings and we're going to talk about business and how we can get your numbers back up. And my approach is, all right, well, I don't want to babysit. You know, I, I told them I'm not here. I'm not going to chase you down if you need help. You know, and I can see that because I can see your numbers and everything and I can see your business. I'm going to put it on you. You have to come to me if you want that kind of help. And I'll be more than happy to help you with that stuff when we can talk about it. What I'm going to put out there myself is I'm going to, I'm going to educate you on how I built my business and what worked for me and then create conversations. And hopefully that lends, it, you know, that lends to a conversation that helps you figure out what works for you. So you know, we, I, I started doing lunch and learns and they were, they were, um, weekly and they were, they were not mandatory, but yet I had every, every trainer showing up for them. And we talked about thing, you know, the first thing we covered, I I'd do them in series. And the first thing we covered was how do we teach movement patterns? Right. You know, and, and, you know, people at first were a little like, well, that's kind of basic. I'm like, yeah, you know, but the basics are what's going to get us there. And, and we started, what we started to see was people, it brought people and forced people to pay attention to how they were teaching movement patterns. And what we saw on the gym floor was it just created this, like everyone was like having great sessions. You know, everyone felt confident in how they were coaching uh, the cues they were giving the clients were seeing it, noticing it. People were noticing it. People that weren't clients were coming up to me and saying, man, you know, I've really noticed a change here. And it seems like the coaches are really dialed in and, and they're, they're getting a lot of great things done. And um, all, all of that is in, in no small part to their participation and them just taking the, taking the time to take a step back and focus on the basics. And, and that was the first step, right? So if we, if we start working on the product that we have um, and, and make sure that we're just absolutely killing the basics, then everything else is going to get easier. And then, you know, from there we went on to, such things as like, how are we connecting with people? You know, I told them prospecting is a big thing in, in commercial gyms and they talk about, you know, pulling people off the floor and like, it's just this horrid, awkward, like process that trainers are expected to go through where they're, you know, like, Hey, if you see someone doing a bullshit push up, go tell them they suck. Um, and not literally, that's not how they put it, but I mean, that's what it, literally, that's what the trainers feel like. And no one, no one I talked to was comfortable doing that. I said, all right, well then let's not prospect. Let's just create relationships. You know, it's a slow cooking process, but let's, let's make sure that we're saying hi to everyone that we pass by. Make sure that we're shooting a compliment to somebody that we see working really hard in the gym. 
let's just create that, you know, break down that barrier to where somebody would feel comfortable enough and they know our name and they, they've had conversations with it before, or if they're having a problem, Hey, they're going to feel at ease coming to us and, and having a discussion about it. <clears throat> so just kind of changing the perception of, of what I expected of them and, and really just, uh, you know, taking the time to say, Hey, if you're not comfortable with it, then it's not right for you. And that's okay. And that's fine. All we got to do is find what's comfortable for you. And, and people really enjoyed that. And, um, it's working well. That's awesome. How long have you been at FFC now? I, I'm going on, so January 2nd was my start date. So closing it on the first year. Yeah. Yeah. That's legit. That's legit. What, so, and are you, you didn't say this when you introduced yourself, but you, which I'll bring up. It's okay, Mike, I'll do it. You also work with the Chicago Blackhawks. I am. Yes, I do. Yes. I'm fortunate enough to, uh, so great story about that. Um, six years ago, uh, I was having breakfast with uh, a gentleman by, by the name of Sean Skane, who's an unbelievable dude. Uh, if you don't follow him, you should. He's now the uh, – at the time, he was a strength coach for the Anaheim Ducks. And um, now he's a strength coach for the Minnesota Wild. And uh, we were having breakfast, and it was the year – it was the year after the Hawks had won their first championship um, in, this, in this last current streak of championships that they won. Um, so – you know, I was hanging with him all weekend. We kind of buddied up. And the last day we were having breakfast, and I wore my, my Blackhawk shirt to breakfast. And he's like, oh, you know what? I know I'm good buddies with Paul Goodman. I'll, I'll introduce you guys on email. And sure as shit, I got back to Chicago, and I had an email in my inbox from Sean introducing me to Paul. And Paul and I emailed back and forth for about three months. And then it, it was a phone call. And then it was, you know, like, hey, let's get a lift together. And then, you know hung out we grabbed lunch every now and then just shoot the shit and, and talk about training and it was it was just unreal for me you know I was a huge I've been a Blackhawks fan forever and then to get to know Paul he's he's such a great guy and 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 obviously real real good at what he does so it was just a great learning experience I getting a great friend out of it and you know over the over the six years it started me just kind of helping out with uh testing um and then eventually it turned into me hanging out and and sticking around throughout the rest of the camps you know they have three camps that they do over the over the off season and um during two of them they have extensive off-ice training um and paul would eventually just gave me my own station at this off uh, during these off-ice training sessions and um put a lot of trust in me and, and let me do my thing and it's been pretty unreal. Former strength coach at the University of Vermont, Paul Goodman. Correct. And as well as uh, University of Wisconsin. Um, and then, you know, Sean Skane's a, uh, he's a Mike Boyle guy. He's uh, Boston University. He actually, after he left um, the Anaheim Ducks, he went back to BU for a year. And then, you know, uh, I think when Boudreaux left, Anaheim and went to Minnesota he called Sean up and and brought him over so yeah man it's just it's crazy how things happen and my you know people when people ask me about that and you know it's really just kind of luck and and being prepared 
you know. Um, and, you know, if I'll say anything, I'll just say try and be, put yourself out there and, and don't be afraid to connect with people that you want to talk to, you know, because I've, I've been intimidated to reach out to people. And, and then when I was lucky enough to kind of be forced into that situation, it just turns out that these are really, so, you know, there's a lot of really good people in this industry that really want to help young people out. And you never know what kind of situation you're going to get afforded to you. Yeah. I've never had anyone that I've ever reached out to, whether it be for this podcast, whether it be um, for like just professional development, bounce ideas off of, I've never had a no. Um, You know, maybe it's a, Hey, I'm busy right now. Can we do this at this point? But I've never had a no. and And it really does. It's funny. People get in this business to really help people. I think deep down sometimes they can, might they might lose track of that at times, but I think that's how we all find ourselves here. And and you know any way you can give back to the industry or young people or kind of help people go through things that you know maybe you'd had happen to you when you were young. Like that's that's those are opportunities that I know I jump at. So I can only imagine what what guys who are you know a little bit higher in stature and a different you know with pro sports or whatever might be to to help out. That's awesome, but. Yeah. You posted a picture. You had your team this year. You had you brought some guys from FFC over, right? So uh, the way that kind of manifested was um, there was a for years for a very long time there was a, a kind of a, an outside company that would come in and, and actually uh, uh, what's the word I'm facilitate the testing on the players and and Paul was like you know what like. I want to have more control over this. And he, you know, he wanted to, he wanted to have a Blackhawk staff that was, you know, they were, they were on Blackhawk staff. He would meet with them. He would, he would have a little bit more exposure with them. And, 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 and in that light, he, he, you know, his thought was he'll get a better product out of the testing, more consistency, better coaching and whatnot. And, um, you know, that's what happened. So uh, I, I had the opportunity to kind of, collect some resumes and I ended up getting I think 13 of my trainers on on the team and um it's just really cool to to pass to be able to pass that opportunity on to to younger coaches and yeah what was that experience like because that's like I saw that picture and I was like that that's a that's a Mike Connolly thing like to to I like I can see you just being like hey you know what like these are my guys we're going in we're gonna do this and we're gonna fucking kick ass you know, it was like, great. that's awesome. Like I was well, like super pumped. All, yeah. First of all, like my, my teams, they're unreal. Um, I'm just, you know, we, we've had a lot of success and they were, they were successful before I, I came on board at their, at their club. Um, things are going a little differently now, but I mean, they they're just solid people and they're, and they're really dedicated to what they do. Um, and it, it just so happens that they like to have a lot of fun. So they're right up my alley and it, it, we're a good fit, but they, uh, you know, the experience was great because, obvi- you know, obviously a lot of them grew up in or around Chicago. And then just to, you know, I, what I was, mo- I get excited every time I get to go to the facility and, and be around that, you know, the Blackhawks, it's a great organization. Um, they, they treat people well. It's just, it's really cool to be in that environment. And so I always get excited that day that, that, you know, their first day of, of participating in the testing, 
I was most excited to kind of greet them at the door and, and see their face when they walked in. And, you know, it's, it's pretty impressive facility walking in. They have, they have replica cups up and then a Jersey from every year, you know, it's just a really cool facility. So um, to be able to experience or be able to, you know, be part of bringing somebody into that is very rewarding. And uh, I'm really excited to see what they could do because now they have, that whole network open to them. And, you know, Paul wrote two, two recommendation letters for them. And now they're in their master's program. He's, you know, he's open he talks to them on the phone every now and then and checks in with them. So it's, it's, I think it's a budding of a beautiful relationship. Yeah. You know, I think it, it's like a full circle moment, you know, like that's, that's pretty cool. I want to switch gears a little bit and I want to talk a little bit about, I'll say work-life balance, but it's that's not like the right way to phrase it. But you posted on Facebook because I mean I creep you, Mike. Like I, I like you that's know cool. I like to stay in touch with with what BPC is doing. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that are listening, BPC this is Big Papa Connolly. Um, <laughs> you know, like that's that's what BPC is. And you you picked up ice skating. You've been skating a ton. I did. You yeah. did. You don't do it anymore. No, no, no. I did pick it up. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Still- gotcha how like how important is it for people and i don't i'm not fitness industry professionals but like in general like just for people to have an identity that's not their work oh i think it's unbelievably important i can't i can't really i've i've been having a hard time i, I you know i i wrote a blog for tony where i feel like i i did a pretty good job of expressing some of the emotional things and 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 some of the rewarding benefits that i i've i've experienced since making the decision to, to get out of my business and, and do something else. And um, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I, hockey was something I always wish I played. And for the longest time I was just stuck in, you know, I was just stuck in that. I was just stuck in the thought of like, Oh man, I wish I played hockey. Oh, like, fuck. I really wish I played hockey. It looks like it's so much fun. And then um, I remember the day clearly. I was sitting uh, in line at a car wash, flipping through my phone, and an advertisement for the, the actually at the Blackhawks' new facility, they were doing a, a, an adult learn-to-play program. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start playing hockey. You know, I, I, just, <laughs> I, I got, I don't have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning anymore. If I'm out until 10 o'clock at night skating, that's not a big deal. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And, you know, I talked to my wife, it's, it's a pretty decent investment starting out. Hockey equipment isn't very cheap. Um, so I talked to her about that and she's like, hell yeah, man, go do it. Have fun. And, uh, you know, starting out, I was, uh, I was skating three times a week. I was getting up at, I, I actually started getting up at five o'clock in the morning to go skate at six before I went to work. Um, the skating coach of the Blackhawks was doing a camp not too far from my house. So it was, it was doable. So I'd go and I'd look like a total asshole. Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, there were 10 year olds just smoking me on the ice, just making me look like an idiot. And I was totally fine with it because it was fun. And it was, it was something, you know, I was 42, I'm 42 and I'm learning to play hockey. And I think that's, I think it's cool. And, and I just take it for what it is. I'm not trying to be a pro. I'm just out there having fun. And, um, 
you know, it's just, it's great. It's very rewarding. It, it, this, it's been a huge aid in stressing uh, or relieving some of the stress in my life. Um, and I, I encourage everyone to do that and, and get out there and just say, fuck it. And why not just go do it? You know, that's something that I thought more and more about is just in this past summer, just kind of like, you know, like just taking advantage of flexibility that your career or your job profession, whatever might offer and doing something that you want to do. That's just different just for like, a, you have to like, and it's, I think we do get so caught up, whether it be like an internal competitive nature, um, you know, maybe it's a fear of failure. Like you have to pedal down all the time, like go, yeah. go, go. Like it's nine o'clock at night and you're reading this blog or you're writing this article or you're, you're laying there crunching numbers in your head about whatever, you know, sales goals might be. And, and it's like, you know, those are all things. And this is something that I learned in strength action early on that like you can allot time for that. Yeah. And just to say like, Hey, you know what? I can work these hours and then I can be Casey at these hours and I can do things that are fun and I don't need to actually blend the two. You know, I right. think like a lot, like a big buzzword now is work life balance. And I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily like a balance as much as it is coming to terms with it's okay to have almost like two separate, like it's like a, like a two, like a, I think of Batman, like two face, like, you know, like, yeah it's here, it's work, it's on. And then a second, like I get in a car, I'm going home. Okay. Now it's, you know, what am I, what am I doing with my wife? Are we going, like, are we going to go visit this pop-up brewery in Vermont because we're the brew capital of the world? Like, you know, like, is it, is it something and I'm just going to turn off from work and it's okay. At what point, like, and then I mean now, like in, in even in like FFC, like, was there a turning point where you were like, yeah, like this is okay for me to like, to have fun like what was that process like did that even happen to you or for you that's that's pretty accurate just the way you put that like it's okay like i remember i remember thinking like because i always felt guilty doing things when i owned my business because i always thought like well my business can be better why am i not working on getting my business better right now and uh that's a hard mindset to get out of you know i, I even hard. had I had that discussion with my wife afterwards. It took me a while to get into the idea that like a 40 hour work week is okay. Like I don't have to work 60 hours a week. I don't have to work 70 hours a week. I don't have to gr you know, grind all the time. Like just go do your work, get your work done, do it well. And, and, you know, hold yourself to a high standard. But you know, when the job's done, man, Go, go live. Home. <laughs> go I mean, home. like, yeah, literally, like, what else? What else are you doing it for? Like, yeah, I, you don't get an award for working eighty hours a week, you know. And they, they, yeah, I get like, there's gonna be people that want that. That's cool. By all means, I'm, I'm not saying like, like, as a young person that you might not, you know, you might have to cut your teeth a little bit more. Like that, that hap I get it. Like yeah. that happens. There's, there's a time and place for it. Exactly. Not, At some all. point, you've got to be able to say, it's okay. I'm, this is what I'm doing, you know, and it, it, I think it's probably more complicated than what I'm making it seem or, or sound like it's, it's definitely like a psyche thing, but you know, like that's something that your article and I'll link it. Uh, the article uh, for those listening that 
Mike referenced, he wrote this, this great post for Tony Genocor's website. And I won't go into too much detail because that post is pretty fantastic. I'll put a link to that in the show notes if you want to read about um, Mike's, Mike's like experience getting um, Rebel um, kind of like, I guess, out of the picture and moving to FFC. It's a great article. Um, I'll put that in the show notes. But like that was something that I, I looked at, like just what you've been doing over the last eight months. And I'm like, Mike Connolly is now Mike Connolly, you know, and it's super awesome to watch because it's like, I mean, whether it be like you, you like look completely different, your head is smaller. It's amazing. Um, you <laughs> yeah, know, it's I don't still bald as shit, but it's, I uh, dude, it's, it's smaller, you know, like your team, like seeing the picture of your team, I'm like Mike is doing what Mike wants to do. And it's so great. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm smiling a lot more. That's for sure. That's awesome. You got a big fan out in Vermont. Um, I appreciate that, man. I, I do want to finish on one, the last thing. What is, and this is for all of my, my brothers and sisters at commercial gyms. What, what is one piece of advice you would tell someone who works at a commercial gym? One it can piece be anything. But it's got to be the V1. No, it can, maybe it's two. I don't know. Um, so I, yeah. So can it be a little complex? Yeah. Fuck um, yeah. I think, I think that it's real easy to get caught up, uh, when you're working for somebody and, and that somebody is not necessarily in the same building as you and you feel disconnected from that person and you don't necessarily understand what's driving uh, their business decisions. It's, it's easy to get caught up and become resentful and become demotivated. What I'm trying to do with my coaches is to get them to focus on what makes them happy and not rely on what's around them to make them happy. Right. So I want, I want us, you know, to focus on what we can control and what, what can we control? We can control the, the culture in our gym, right? So let's work on breaking down the, the barriers between us and the, and the members. And, you know, there's that whole like trainers are snobby and, you know, members are nuisances are always in the way using our equipment. Yeah. Like, let's break that down. Let's get you comfortable. Let's, 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 you know, get you out of the mindset. Like there's only one way to do this. And let's help you find what makes you happy and, and make your workday enjoyable. Like, let's have some fun. Let's have some fucking fun and, and not worry about quotas and not worry about this and that. Because if you get into that environment, then, you know, I, 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 fail, to, I, I fail to believe that anyone is, is striving to hit a quota that uh, a corporation is putting out in front of them. Because if you, if you look at the, the quotas that are out there, most of them, they're very, they're, they're relatively low and, and they don't represent a, a financial situation for the person hitting that quota on the dot to live a, a, a great finance. You know what I mean? It's just not, yeah. no one's yeah. like, you know what? I really want to, I want to make $30,000 this year. Like who, no one says that. Maybe, <laughs> maybe some people do. I don't know. But, very, very few people do, you know, most people are like when you get down and you talk to them and really all I do is talk to them the same way I talk to my clients is like, what is your goal and why is that your goal? All right, let's focus on that. You know, with you, with your clients, you don't sit there and fo we tell, what do we tell them? Don't focus on the number. Don't, don't stare at the scale. Find work that you like to do, do well at that work. And before you know it, you're so far past your fucking goal 
that you're setting a new one that's way fur further down the road. So, you know, I think that in, in that sense, we could take our own advice and like, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the bullshit and, and, and think that things are so bad, but they're really not, you know, like I tell my clients, I'm like, Hey, if you think like it's tough here, try finding leads on your own. Like shit. Yeah. That's rough stuff. Like that could get lonely. <laughs> and you think it's like, a lot of them were like, well, what was it like not having a boss? I'm like, I had 150 bosses, you know, like everyone that came into my gym was my boss because when you're running a business, your customers are your boss. Like they're, you have, you have to pay rent. Your landlord's your boss. Like you, you it's not like you're just floating through life and enjoying things. There's always in any scenario that there's always going to be that, that thing, that person or, or that expectation that you have to answer to. So you might as well just have fun where you're at, man, and, and just get after it and create an environment that you like to be around, you know? Don't compete with your trainers. Try and push each other to be better and help each other get better. And then everyone's getting better and everyone's doing well, and it's just a, a really fun environment to be in. So um, that's the long answer. I think the short answer would be have fun and, and, and don't let things you can't control bring you down. You know, make the best of your situation, learn, grow, and then go after your dreams. I love it, man. I like just Mike Connolly conversations just light me up <laughs> because like, I, I mean, I won't go into too much detail, but I was in a pretty dark place. Um, gosh, probably was what, a little over a year and a half ago. And I talked to Mike on like a random Tuesday afternoon and he gave me some tactical outlooks you know, things to do. And he gave me some just mindset outlooks. It completely changed the way that I approach work every day. And I mean, my, my life has just been every month. It seems like it's just better and better. And I don't have any bad days now. And, and it's definitely, you know, people like you that, that are in my network. And I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you too, buddy. You're doing a great job, man. I love seeing you. You, you doing what you're doing, man. Where can people find more Mike Connolly? Because, I mean, I want more Mike Connolly, and I know where I can get more Mike Connolly, but where can the person listening to our voices right now, which, shout out to listening to Mike and I, because it, it's, we're not like, we're not, I mean, no offense, Mike, but yeah, I don't know, we're not like Bob Costa or like no. any of these, like, like we're not, you're not Dickie V with like these iconic voices or anything like no, that, no, which no, no. you know, but no, shout no. out to you guys. Where can they get more Mike Connolly? Well, uh, currently, uh, with the strength faction, we're, we're working on putting out more content for directly aimed at the commercial gym trainer. And, um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, we have an email list going, I'm sending out weekly emails. We're going, I'm working on developing a curriculum that's going to be CEU accredited. Um, so we have that going on. Uh, obviously the strength faction, um, I jump on webinars there i do some writing with them i'm always open for a phone call if you want to email me m Connolly, mike m is in mike c-o-n-n-e-l-l-y 2831 at gmail uh hit me up man i'd love to uh talk i like meeting people i like talking to people about the obstacles they're facing and, and seeing if i can help or just shooting the shit and getting to know each other um yeah, I'm around, man. I'm on Facebook, Instagram. I'll make sure all that information is the notes as well. Um, yeah. Because, like, I, I can't stress enough. Like, I was super nervous. Like, I remember being on a Q&A and, like, kind of voicing, like, my, my disgruntledness 
And then like, after like a 30 minute conversation, like you reached out to me and it was amazing. And like, just kind of like, I can't recommend this, this guy to anyone, you know, or, or high enough to anyone. If you've got a problem, like these guys, like I think Todd's been on, he, and I think you guys got a taste of what Todd's about. You guys just got a taste of what Mike Connolly's about. Chris Merritt, shave your head and let's do a podcast. Um, well, Chris grew his hair out. <laughs> it's weird. I don't let's, like yeah, that. Let's, let's make this four things. The four yeah. things podcast. Let's talk about Chris Merritt's fucking hair first. Oh, my God. So it's messed up because, like, I've always known you guys are, like, shaved bald whatever like you guys don't have hair on your head you guys have beards you guys kind of look like you're like related it's it's weird and now chris's hair and i don't i it makes me feel uncomfortable which is weirder it's weirder that he has yeah it was it's like parted and oh it's oh i I tell you what and i you know i don't want to be the bearer of bad news but it's we're not too far from from boat shoes and fucking turtlenecks. <laughs> Sweater vest? Is there going to be like a layered look? Wait until the Merritt family Christmas portrait comes out and you see a sweater vest with a turtleneck, some corduroy pants, and some boat no. shoes. No. And That's a bad look. Per- Don't do it. Perfect cloth. Hopefully... Hopefully the women in his life won't let him get that far down the rabbit hole. Well, and, I tell you what, yeah. Uh, as long as the merits are happy, I'm happy. Yeah, it's, I guess. But the hair just it's tough. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. Tough. It's I like tough. busting his chops about it. <laughs> Mike Connolly, thank you so much, man. I hope this isn't our last conversation. You have yeah. an open invitation anytime you ever want to come back. Yeah, uh, I look forward what, to the next. I tell you what, uh you know, who knows? Maybe Paul and I will be out there and hanging out. So we'll get some we'll get some maple syrup and some beer. Yep. We'll fucking chug. Any time. I love it. Syrup's man. on me. Yeah. Literally? Yeah. That's sure. Weird, but, uh, on me. Sir, I'll I will it'll be on me and then on me. Okay. In every way of the word. All right. Well, let's talk about that offline, but cool, I'm down. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Hey, thank you, bud. Hi, everyone. It's Casey again. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and I wanted to ask you a huge favor. I don't ask for a lot of favors, but if you could, whatever you're listening to this podcast through, iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, if you could take a minute and just go write a review, I would really appreciate it. I don't get any bonus points or anything like that for it, but I really think it would help get the word out, and if this podcast has helped you, it might help someone else, and it'll do a better job of getting that word out to who might need it.